Um, we got to keep loving it. We got to keep being present with it. Even when it's a fight, even when it's growing out of those shoes, even when it's having those jinky for real bowl cut moments, you know, like <laughs> when it's having some, you know, like even worse moments, like how, how are we going to create this community to be not just a witness of love and growth, but of home, you know, for, for all the people here. Just like that. Every time. Every time. Just like that. It's press. Welcome to Dear Lander, a purely Land Diego podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Jordan. I'm Amara. Today we have a couple of very uh, special guests, might I add. I don't know. I always <laughs> add that. You know? That. Yeah. They're basically our little brothers. Basically. This is the little brother crew. This is the pirate crew. Yeah. 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 We got. Oh, the pirate. We got Tori Carr. <laughs> Hello. My biological little I, brother. And Wolf Johnson, my pirate logical little brother. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. I thought about the first word that I. That, that I would you were say gonna today say? was going to be nepotism. Well, but instead it's like the fifth word. Well, I guess yeah. technically though, this is kind of a nepo baby episode. Yeah, it kind of is. In this episode, we are not drinking beer; we are drinking coffee. It is coffee. Yeah, I have schnapps in mine. <clears throat> oh. oh. Mm. Quite, is schnapps yeah. usually the the route you're taking with with coffee if you I mean, if that's the vibe? I mean, when I'm a pirate, so all the time, yeah. Uh, but yeah. but uh, yeah, definitely for this conversation. Yeah. That's a good question, though. If you're gonna spike your coffee, what do you put in it? Yeah. Because I mm. usually do Bailey's. I was gonna say it yeah, have to be Bailey's. Bailey's. Yeah. yeah, Bailey's is really good. Not a whiskey and coffee guy. There's some, no. in college. No, it I was do in, it for me. I was introduced to rum chata in college because oh, I, I had a yeah. roommate that was yeah. doing that in the coffee. And then I, so I bought, this was like two years ago. I bought a bottle of rum chata and I, and I Sarah was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Rum chata is great. Like, this is like, <laughs> people at the liquor store, I, like, I think so you too. actually have to be underage to buy this. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot buy this if you're You want some coffee fireball, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, fireball and coffee sounds horrible. Oh, oh my gosh. Man. No. But rum chata, <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, rum, rum chata's clean. I still, I still, he I still will. still fucks with rum I will, chata? I will stand yeah. and fight. <laughs> For rum chata. Front lines. It's a slippery slope to Malibu <laughs> rum, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Man, I infused a watermelon this last weekend. I'm not, not. Like, two weekends ago, I was in Laramie. I tried fusing a watermelon, and it was... Holy shit. Like a whole watermelon? Like a whole, whole watermelon? Water- How do you do I that? ate half a watermelon. <laughs> so like, and, and it wasn't even like a big one. It was a small one. And I got the, like, the, 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 the portions wrong. I put an entire thing of like, yeah, of like Malibu rum into this watermelon. I had half this. I love watermelon. It was dangerous. And I put lemon <laughs> too. And I was like, I was oh. watching The Office and Rick and Morty. And it was just, it was rocking my entire world. Oh. I was, yeah. What a multitask. It yeah. Was, it was, yeah. I was like making beats too, and I like had like a pan <laughs> all the way up. Great. Yeah. I like had my like soundproof headphones on, had the pan all the way up, and I was it was like, yeah, I was like bouncing around. I need I, it. Everybody's uh, like, I need take to hear notes. what the beats. Are. Yeah. Did it sound like this new K Tramina album? Because I feel like that's something that <laughs> yeah. sounds like an infused watermelon. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's an infused watermelon album. It was pretty cool, and I like 
I slowed down and reverbed uh, Auditorium by Most Def, and I was like listening to that, Ooh, and that was really cool. And, yeah. Um, and then running by Far Side, and that was like really cool too. And, mm. um, and then I did, I actually did some Munch by Ice Spice, like slowed and reverbed to it. Shout outs to Ice Spice. Yeah, shout out to Ice Spice. Shout out to Ice Spice. She definitely frequents. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're pirates. <laughs> yeah. That booty. Yeah. Like, I can just shout out to everyone. Outrageous. <laughs> so shout out whoever you had. Shout out. Go for it, man. No Ice Spice is a listeners yeah <laughs> for sure san diego's biggest fan <laughs> where where to start um yeah you know tori i have a question for you how does it okay. how does it feel to be the largest <laughs> booger eater of all time <laughs> tell us more Ooh. no comment okay yeah. jordan Edge of my one of his very um fond nicknames for me in childhood was booger breath and I would, <laughs> I would get very frustrated <laughs> right with that nickname <laughs> when I was a child. Do you want to explain the origins of Anti-Tor? Yeah. yeah oh, please. yeah. A lot of people don't know. The origins of Anti-Tor were on the original Xbox console. <laughs> we Halo 2 was our, our, uh, one of our games of choice. And you can make, like, you make a username for your, for your character, you know. And Jordan's username was Antitor999, and it made me so mad <laughs> as a kid. Um, because I beat him every time. Because he would beat me, and his name was Antitor. <laughs> and, and, um, <laughs> it's like some Superman Bizarro stuff going on. Yeah, like, no. like, like any older brother does, you know, knows yeah. how to do, they, mm. they just know what buttons to press. Um, and, yeah. um, siblings, man, they're the only people that can do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. And, and they're literally even... the only people that can, like, make you so enraged. And you're like, I would still take a bullet for you, but I would also really love to shove you down the stairs right now. Yeah. Like, and there was frustration. Really so much so that, like, the cops had to be called, a.k.a. mom. <laughs> yeah. I had to delete, I had to delete the account name. Which is funny because yeah. your dad was a cop. Yeah. So I love that, like, you didn't call your dad, you called your mom. Well, mom, <laughs> I, would, I would argue that mom was the cop yeah. in a lot of situations at home. Bad cop. Shout out to Ronald Lee. We definitely got into a dispute over anti-tour, and mom had to tighten our bolts a bit. But, uh... But then I got in my good Halo 2 era when I learned all of, like, the cheats and hacks. And mm -hmm. so, um, so then I'd beat Jordan, because I'd know how to... I can turn myself invisible or something, and then that's right. You should also mention that you have an Instagram called Anti Tour. <laughs> if yes. people don't know, it's where I can be the antagonist of my story. <laughs> Still main character, but and it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, it is very cool. Yeah, the gubernatural candidate, all oh, AKA uh, the thrift shop Steve Jobs, AKA. <laughs> um, what else we got? Lando Travolta. <laughs> that's me, baby. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> Lando Travolta. Um, so then how do you guys know Wolf? Like, how did you guys kind of come to be oh, yeah. this, like, brother trio? The because I know how I know all of you, and I will tell that story after you have Great, okay. The, fir the first time I ever hung out with Wolf was at WASC, my senior year of high school. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. So for those of uh, uh, for, for listeners who don't know what WASC is, it's the State Student Council Conference, which is notoriously rowdy and full so of fun. provocateurs and debauchery. It's like the Lander Fourth of July, but for high school kids. <laughs> yeah. For high school leadership yeah. kids yeah. <laughs> student yeah. council. <laughs> right. It's... We finally yeah. get to take a break. Yeah, the best of the best. Yeah, where where for a weekend every year you wander around 
some Wyoming high school and <laughs> um, just and get into stuff. And we've all done it. So the first time, yeah, I ever hung out with Wolf was at, was at my senior year of WASC, his freshman year, his first WASC. Mm. And Wolf was the most, as he still is, he's the most polite feller known to man. And um, so anyways, yeah, I was like rooming with um, a few good friends and we really wanted Wolf to room with us. So we convinced the advisors to let Wolf room with us. And um, it was funny because you know, Wolf is so wholesome. So the first day we were there, Wolf was staying with us and he like had written me a note and he gave me a penny and he has this whole backstory about giving people pennies. And then a second later, he's like, yeah, dude, I've got like three girls numbers already. And it had just started. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> lucrative trip. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And, uh, yeah. So, that, so that's the first time I'm at the Wolf. He roomed with myself and a few, uh, Oh my god. Since we are already on the topic of WASC, what were some <laughs> things that you would see slash do at WASC that mm. were, mm. Um, for instance, I will start. <laughs> uh, we used to, uh, whenever Newcastle was called, uh, we would stand up, like put our fists together, and then put both our pinkies out and go, go doggies. <laughs> <laughs> and it got to the point to where we could get like almost the entire conference when they called Newcastle to stand up and go, go doggies. <laughs> and then eventually we made we made the big doggie, which was like we all put our fists together, and then the one person on the very end put their pinky up, and the other person on the very end put their pinky up, and we'd go. <laughs> That's you'd amazing. make a really long dogie. Yeah, we'd move the like the longest dogie, like a twelve person, like the freak dogie, fully loaded dogie, <laughs> the boss dogie, oh. mastiff dogie. Yeah, I don't, do you have any wask stories? Any, man, uh, anything that comes to mind? Yeah, that man, that first wask with you and uh, shout out Noah Depeche Mode, Noah, um, Nate, I think roomed with us. Yeah, yeah, Nate, and um, yeah, and it was so cool. You guys, like, <laughs> I'll never forget that wask. You guys, like, helped me crowd surf for the first time in my entire life. <laughs> that was the most gas <laughs> experience. Awesome. Like, and, oh yeah, it, yeah, you guys were just like, let's lift Wolf up, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and the next thing I know, like, there's just like strangers like palming my ass and my spine, and I'm just like having the best time. And and I was like, <laughs> what, what school was this at? Um, man, was it uh, Cheyenne? I don't remember. It was East or Central? Central maybe? You crowd surfed at WASC? Yeah, yeah. It was like one of my... Dance, it was one of three times in my high school career I had to crowd surf. Yeah, yeah and, it does. Uh, yeah, and I'll, so much it does. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dance is going nuts. And like, I'll never forget um, Matthew Parsons, our advisor. My junior year, years later, he like got... Like him and a bunch of the other advisors, I think they were trying to shut down the surfing crowd surfing culture because they like because <laughs> like, like like actually you guys not there was like this one, like my junior year at our last there was like five of us crowd surfing at once in different oh, like so sectors of the dance floor so awesome and we were all just like, and, oh like we were like God. looking at each other and we were like nice you know like how's the time over there you know and like and, and God, I, that's awesome at one point everyone was crowd surfing we didn't even know how <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no one left on the dance floor <laughs> we, we had all essentially reached nirvana at this yeah. wow dance we were all <laughs> levitating last <laughs> dance in that anti-gravity chamber yeah, oh, like, it was so good oh, but, oh my god that's amazing 
But yeah, that was great. And then I always think about um, yeah, you guys would bring Martinelli's and stuff. Yeah, um, we would bring. Oh, you were going We would bring like a few <laughs> bottles of sparkling cider every year because that was the yeah. the lit thing to do. And then the senior year, we forgot a bottle opener, and so we were trying to use like anything in the room to open the bottle. So we were trying to use like the hinge on the door. Uh, and we just, we couldn't get it. And so Nate took the bottle and I remember he went into the bathroom to try and open it on something in there. And he came out like 15 minutes later with his shirt off, covered in in sparkling cider. And he had gotten the bottle open somehow. I just want to say that's one of the sweetest things I've ever heard. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Did he ever disclose how? I, it's like something in the bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I know. I can just imagine it was probably like yeah. the faucet. I guess so. Yeah, it was probably like trying to right. pull it on the faucet. But it got so intense that he he had to <laughs> take his shirt, off, his shirt off. off. Yeah, break his sweat with wow. whatever he was. Had it between yeah. his between his feet or something. Yeah, and oh, that's so it good. His pecs or something. Just... Oh man. Okay, so I met all three of these lovely humans at camp, which is also associated. <laughs> With the Wyoming Student Council Association. So I had Jordan first. Jordan was in my first council ever as an adult counselor. And we had a blast. And then Tori came next. And I will never forget this moment. It's one of my favorites. Because I knew, well, one, I was like, obviously you're Jordan's little brother. Mm -hmm. But we were at Casper College. And shout out to Jason Murdoch was your your adult counselor. Shout out to Jason. Oh, I know. And you were like, hey, can I like give you a hug? Like just so lovely to like, not just like embrace somebody to like ask. And he was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And you went, and you literally just went, okay, cool, man. And walked away. And I was like, what a fucking cool kid. Like you said no. So then, okay. So I had both of you and you had both left. And then Wolf comes not in my council, Mm -hmm. but for like, Two full days at camp, I just kept hearing about Wolf. And I was like, who is this kid? Like, can somebody point him out to me? Like, who is this kid? Never saw you. Like, not once. And, like, the adult counselors kept coming. They're like, I got wolfed, man. And I'm like, what do you mean? Because you were so sweet. And so you would, like, tell them really sweet things. And they're like, I got wolfed today. And I was like, who is? Like, I need to know who this kid is. So we get to Wednesday, which is, like, kind of, like, a big culmination of lots of things. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, the day that all of the different groups do their songs. And Wolf got up. Oh, yeah. And he rapped. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, holy shit. I just got wolfed. (laughs) I was, like, because I didn't know where you were from. I knew nothing about Mm -hmm. you except that you were really, really sweet. And that... You were wolfing people, is what they were calling it. And so then you rapped, and I was like, holy shit, I have to, I have to meet this kid. So I finally, like, introduced myself to Wolf, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, you're so cool. And um, I'm like, where are you from? And he's like, I'm from Lander. And I was like, what? And I, like, melted, and I was like, I have to introduce you to two of my favorite people. And he was like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, they're also from Lander. And it was the two of you. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I know them. And I was like, what? And 
like just like melted and I was like this is the best thing of my life like I just I couldn't comprehend because yeah. because he rapped I was like no you have to meet these two they also do that and they're amazing at it and then you all knew each other and it just blew my mind but you were never with me yeah. at the same time yeah until we were all adults and now here we are that's crazy that's so but it's cool. one of my favorite so stories because it's like I had all three of you at some point, but I had no idea that you knew Wolf. <clears throat> the SLC, SLC connections run deep. Yeah. They do. Very deep. Yeah, SLC. Yeah, that was such an amazing time. And, like, and I'll never forget when you said that. <laughs> when you were, you were like, you're from Landry. Do you know uh, Jordan and Tori Carr? And it was like, I was like, I was like, let's go. I was like, <laughs> basically yes. was like, yeah, they're like my older brothers. <laughs> yeah. So <I> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Oh. So tell me what it was like, all three of you. Growing up here, well, I know you, yeah. obviously. You can tell more, but both of you, what was it like growing up in Lander? And still wow. kind of, I guess. We're mm. not fully, fully adults yet. <laughs> we had a great neighborhood as kids. There were like 11 or 12 other kids in the neighborhood that would like all gather at, at our house usually. And Like what? if we're thinking about it in Star Wars terms, like our house was Coruscant. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely Coruscant. Our Coruscant. house was the center yeah. of the galaxy. Yeah. So we had some amazing, amazing times in, in our neighborhood um, as children. Lots of lightsaber fights, crab apple wars, um, <laughs> broomstick <yeah>. fights, <laughs> airsoft fights, <laughs> many fights, <laughs> regular fights. What did you do on fights. the 4th of July? Did you do bottle rockets? We would kind of, we would have a, a pretty cool 4th too, because um, we'd like battle the neighbors to see who would light off the best fireworks. Yeah, but our parents didn't fund we didn't. We never had the parents super pack for our yeah. fireworks, so <laughs> yeah, we, exactly. we never were lighting off the best fireworks. Really, yeah. until we like started making some sort of like lawn mowing money. Yeah, whereas like yeah. other kids in the neighborhood, their parents had bought. So we'd we'd be like, with the bottle rockets and the copics would be lighting off like yeah, dude, a hundred and sixty five shot cake that <laughs> is a peacock fan. Yeah. <laughs> The establishment man. firework families. <laughs> yeah. grassroots. That's right, man. Yeah. It was grassroots. That was that was our fourth. We just kind of we had some good. Do you want to? Are you going to tell the story yeah. about the, the the Miami nights? Yeah. Anytime the fourth comes up from our childhood, we always think of this one story. There's this one firework that we got called the Miami Miami Nights, Miami Lights, something like that. Um, <laughs> A really good firework, but we got it like three years in a row, and it malfunctioned every year. And it was a big... <laughs> we never apparently learned our lesson oh, no. because we just kept getting it. Kept, um... This year it'll be different. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but the first year that we got it, like, so what would happen? We'd like you know do stuff during the day on the fourth, and then at the night or during the night we'd have like all of our fireworks that we bought. And our grandparents would come over and watch us, like, light them off. And, and our grandparents and parents would be in the yard. And Jordan and I would be, like, lighting stuff off. So we were, like, yeah, lighting stuff off this one year. We had the Miami nights. So, yeah, we light it off. And, you know, it's, like, it was, like, a nine-shot firework. And so, boom, psh, boom, psh, like, two or three shots go off. And then all of a sudden one goes, zzz, Basically, like, it exploded in the firework. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, like, made the sound like it was going off, and then nothing came out. And then it went, bam, and exploded in the street. We're like, oh, no. 
And then the next one went boom and shot out the side, like under the truck. Towards grandpa. And then, then the, yeah. Pop, pop. So, oh, no. like, the last four or five shots just start shooting out the side everywhere. <laughs> and our parents and grandparents are sitting in the yard, and it starts shooting at us. And our grandpa, who is probably early 80s at this point. His, Korean War veteran. Yeah, his, <laughs> his army training kicked in, and he got up and did this grenade dive in the yard <laughs> and put his hands over his head and... Our grandma has never moved so fast. She's moving like a wildcat. Yeah, she bro. was. She <laughs> was like, <laughs> that's the rattlesnake. The rattlesnake queen. queen Peg. She she started moving to get out of the way from these fireworks, and that's probably the the wildest fourth memory I have <laughs> because that was um, that was truly dangerous. So don't get the Miami <laughs> nights. It'll malfunction. Uh, it's a very uh, condensed version of what it's like growing up in Lander, but it was good. Good place to. Good place to grow up. How about for you? Yeah, no, um, yeah, Lander's been a great home um, to me. I, yeah, I grew up with, uh, yeah, I have like two incredible younger brothers, shout out, Hato and Finis, uh, Finis. And yeah, no, it's, it was incredible. I grew up a lot in the mountains. Like, since I was like four years old, my parents would like pack, like, pack me out on backpacking trips. Um, the Thorns, shout out the Thorns too. I'm just gonna shout out everyone. You um, should do it. Yeah, sh- all these shout outs. But uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was so cool growing up. The Thorns uh, were like our babysitters. So like Corinne was like our babysitter. They were our neighbors. Cor- not the whole family was our babysitter. Um, sometime. I mean, they could be. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know. <laughs> they could have been if they wanted to. Yeah, but they didn't. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was so awesome. We went on like a lot of uh, like llama packing and like goat packing trips with them growing up. Cool. Um, which was super sick. And then my mom at the and my mom and dad at the time. And some other folks had the Yellowstone Journal, which is uh, which is now it used to be where the bar uh, side of El Sol is. And so I grew up a lot. Like some of my first and favorite memories are just like running in between like the printing presses there and like smelling like like fresh ink and like just oh, and like growing smell. up a lot around Yellowstone. Yeah, and I think a lot of my time has just been spent in the mountains and like at our cabin up in Sinks and um, also just traveling the world too. That's something I appreciate a ton about my folks is. Um, they, like travel in the outdoors have been a huge um, like center point I think for my family and I and um, and it's been cool my mom my mom and papa my grandparents they live like maybe a few blocks away so it was always great being close to them they had ducks so a ton of my childhood was just like being learning with how ducks. To, yeah, yeah. yeah being with ducks I just yeah wolf in the duck pack and like uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah yeah they were, yeah, they were, yeah do you have um, a favorite trail yeah that's an awesome question. Our area has so many incredible trails. Man, I, I will say, I don't know if this, like, this isn't a trail, but a, a spot that's, like, really near and dear to us is just, like, Mitchell Peak. Um, at the threshold of the Cirque and just into the winds, like, um, when, yeah, when I was, like, 14, and when Hayden turned 14, and when Finn turned 14, our mom did these, like, rite of passage trips where we would go out there, and she would, and she basically would be like, okay, like, the next morning we're going to wake up, I'm going to go hike over here, uh, you're just going to go hike that mountain by yourself. And so, like, I remember, like, that was my first solo ascent when I was 14, was, like, going on Mitchell Peak, and, um, and it was so cool, like, last year for my parents' 30th, we all did it as a family, and so, um, which was, yeah, it was so meaningful, yeah, I think that entire area is, it's, it's an area where, like, just the Cirque and that threshold and a lot of the trails, like, interwoven in there, whether I remember it or not, there's just an entire archive of just memories there that are just beautiful, um, and, yeah, and it's been so cool as I grew up, and I'm, like, rediscovering trails and, like, areas and routes and yeah you know just it feels like connecting with the part of myself that 
yeah, I, I, I was four years old, crap in my pants. Legit, you know, like, so, you know, like, yeah. Legit doing it, though. Yeah, yeah, crap in my pants. Not just accidentally <laughs> gambling. Not like poo, but like crap. Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. It's all like craps. But, uh, but, you know, it was an incredible childhood. I, um, my mom and I, we grew up a ton. She would, like, her and I, to this day, we have this tradition where, like, almost once every week or once every couple weeks when I'm home, we, like, walk to Mr. D's. And when I was a kid, I've always loved poetry. Like, since I was, like, a little, little kid, I've been writing poetry and for going to get donuts, I would like, we used to write our notes on paper plates and I have like, they have an entire cabinet full of stacks of like paper plates where I would write like donut themed poems. Um, and, <laughs> oh. and, and I would always, and I would like get up early and I would like tell my mom like, like, cause, and donuts does there are one of my favorite foods. Like shout out any single ladies out there. If you know, if you want to, want to know my heart donuts um but um <laughs> donuts are right donuts. donuts are the way and yeah and i would like wake up and and i would always just like write this poem and be like donuts are great i'd like a couple i'd love to eat one if it keeps us out of trouble you know or like something like yeah, that yeah. you know and i'd like sign it like the boys you know or, or like the sons and then, sweet yeah, that's and, so cool and then we would go out and uh yeah my mom and i like i just finished writing my first poetry book and it's going to be called rodeo and it's based after my mom and i would spend a ton of time too I would practice memorizing um, lyrics. My first slam poems just up at the rodeo grounds here in Lander, just like walking laps until I got it. And so, it, yeah, and, and it was so cool growing up. My dad's a PE teacher, so I had him as a PE teacher in elementary school, which was super cool. And, and it's just been so nice to like, yeah, like meet, meet incredible people like you guys. Um, yeah, like have older brothers and, you know, yeah, and Jordan Tor. Um, get to spend so much time with my younger brothers. Yeah, it's just so incredible. We're all holding hands now. <laughs> yeah, we're all holding hands. That's okay, a... but can we just pause for a second? You just kind of blazed past it. But did you just say that you're releasing a book of poetry? Yeah, it's yeah. it'll be coming out in the next year. Wah, wah, um, the, next, the next year, the next couple <laughs> years. Um, but yeah, the draft is done. Um, right now it's in the revision process. I'm going to start applying the grant so I can pay artists. Um, that I love and admire to like put some artwork in it. Oh, amazing, um, wow. dude! Yeah, because because yeah, I just, like I. It's about home. It's about me, and I wouldn't be who I am without people like y'all, without Lander. So like, I want to give back a lot through it. And just tried hey. to gloss right over that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Amazing. No, thank you. Let's talk about that for a second. Wow, that's so exciting. Thank you, thank you, dude. You're trying to get art in it. Let me know if you want Keith in the book. Heck yeah, man. Keith all the way. <laughs> you, all right, tell us more. What is? Do this? you not know about Keith? <laughs> no, tell us about Keith. Keith, um, quite literally, came to me in a dream. He. Um, he is this like fictional dog thing character that, that, um, I had this, this dream and, um, I was like going to my parents' house and I was knocking on their door and they came out of the garage with this dog <laughs> on a leash. And, um, in this dream we had, we had another family dog that doesn't actually exist in real life. And so I asked them where that dog was, and they were like, oh, um, that dog died, but we got this dog <laughs> named Keith. And Keith... Keith! Yeah. Keith, Keith was a little, like, Vienna sausage-shaped mm-hmm. creature. Um, that it was this, it was this like, medium-sized... Again, like, I hesitate to use the word dog. Uh, but uh yeah it basically looked like this like um like 40 pound vienna sausage it had human skin no fur and and, um it had jet black hair combed over one eye 
like emo keep. Yes, essentially like <laughs> like pop punk. Man. Yeah, and a lime green flat bill hat, and um, a very blank uh, expression on its face. And the- I can just, in my head, he's painted such a great picture of what this being is. Thank you. That yeah. I have a hilarious image in my head of your parents standing outside your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah. Chuckles, just like, <laughs> like well, hanging yeah. out. This, this is just Keith. I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, yeah, the dream ended where I was petting Keith, but again, like... He um, would kind of look back at you, too, when you... Right. He would look back at it, put a fat rabbit on a crack at it, too. Pretty much. He looked at me with this kind of blank stare as I petted his human skin. And um, and the dream ended. And then I woke up. Wow. Yeah, and then I woke up and called um, called Fallon, my fiance, and she asked me to draw Keith. And, and I did. And I'm, uh, I'm not very good at drawing things. And so it's a pretty bad portrait of Keith that, um, that hangs in our house. It speaks to a... A cursed but beautiful twisted fantasy of. You know, just, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Dreams are weird, man. So, so that's Keith. Uh, <laughs> I need a vector image of Keith. Yeah, same. Yeah. Okay. How can you get me a vector image? I'll, I'll scan. And also for this episode, we'll link the photo of Keith. Yeah. Yeah. We can sell prints for a few hundred dollars a pop or something. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Dear Lander. I feel like maybe we should get like a little pocket that you can open <laughs> oh, and keep in the pocket <laughs> so that on the back we can have the deer lander stamp but on the front there's the pocket that you open that's that has key yeah. yeah. on the yeah. inside maybe yeah. like very bottom corner if you unroll it and then take a little bit of lemon juice <laughs> and rub on it yeah. it shows a mason symbol that also is Keith mm. and then you gotta oh. go to Philadelphia and there's find a, some glasses. <laughs> Shout outs to Nick Cage if he's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Etched um, inside of the crack of Libertyville. Yeah. Oh, but people will chase you. <laughs> people will chase they you. Will. The government will not want this getting out. If you take the lemon juice and find Keith. And, Can we talk about the fact that I haven't thought about national treasure for years? Really? You haven't? For years yeah. and years. And then this moment, the I'm like... <laughs> Memory comes. unlocked, man. Yeah. Keith was the missing piece. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so musically, mm-hmm. how did you all start doing music? Mm-hmm. Do you do music anymore, Tori? Um, do you still I, like. Very casually. Yeah. Um, grad school essentially sucked any time and energy away from me. Yeah, no, But I just like finished grad school, yeah. Of economy. I guess. That's <laughs> what they tell me. Ooh! That's uh, what the paper yeah. says. <laughs> But I, you know, I, I, um, I play a little guitar and then I started doing music because of Jordan. So, um, the first song that we ever, mm. ever created yeah. was called I Candy. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and it's oh, spelled. This is a deep cut. Yeah. yeah <laughs> this is the lore of the, this is the first song that I, I think to my knowledge that you ever made. Um, and it was, it was this, uh, this song with all of the, like, neighborhood boys, and, um, it was spelled, like, iPhone, you know? Like, I candy. Oh, that's so early 2000s mm, yeah. of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this might have even predated the iPhone, but definitely, like, iPod, yeah. Yeah. So that was the first time that I ever created music. It doesn't, I mean, it was never recorded. It was just, like, a 
It's the first time. It's like I... the Epic of Gilgamesh. It was only. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's like Marshall. Yeah. It was like an. <laughs> like an epic that was only recanted orally for. <laughs> <laughs> There's eye candy in the epic of Gilgamesh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the and that's the first time I ever heard the word shoddy utter from Tor's mouth. Yeah, yeah. I don't. So I I remember a few lines from Eye Candy, and the first line was, "Shoddy so fancy, love the eye candy." Hmm. That's. I was I was probably no. We we never, never recorded it. We yeah. were how you must have been in dude third grade something like that like. Maybe fourth or fifth grade. I think it was after the first um, the first hip hop album that I ever listened to that was not like the Lord's hip hop, like Lecrae or Toby Mac, or, or, yeah, or Toby Mac or something. <laughs> <laughs> the first <laughs> was the album Paper Trail by Ti, and um, <laughs> I remember when Jordan showed me, I thought I was going to get in trouble because it was yeah. like because I accidentally were... bought the explicit version of Live Your Life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that song Rihanna. So it was after that. Explicit. (laughs) That album came out in 08, I think. So it had to be like 09, 2010. So many things right now. Mostly the Lord's hip hop. That was a big transition. And then somehow like being in the Presbyterian like church and also growing, (laughs) I like would try to kind of, my cognitive dissonance would try to kind of rationalize listening to T.I. and it being like, he's... Oh, he's Christian. <laughs> but also, it's we're kind of like, you kind of like, come to Atlanta, like, I'll rock you, you know? <laughs> and so I think my, my yeah, my cognitive dissonance uh, just was like, dude, great album. You know where, yeah, WASC was also my introduction to Live Your Life by T.I. Um, really? Yeah, wow. wow. Really, really. That was, that was my first time doing music. What was yours, Wolf? Man. There, there's a few different like avenues I think with music I like I started playing piano since like back in fourth fifth grade um like and my mom suggested it for Hayden and I and we would go and like Hayden did not like Hayden was actually really good um he was like ahead of me and then I think he just didn't vibe with it but I like loved it because I've always loved music and I loved I think the power that storytelling it has in it, like it's different genres and it's different forms like but sonically it's just so amazing um and I think it's such a like I think it is a universal language, like music is, you know? Um, and so, I, I don't know, like, I, I remember, like, I loved piano, because I, I was like, man, I actually, like, I'm learning how I how to make this, you know? Like, I'm not just mm. slamming my hands on the keys. Mm. Yeah. And, like, when Hayden and I were growing up, when, at our cabin, we loved, like, we were always bumping to 808s and Heartbreak in the 8 Mile soundtrack. Ooh. And we would always take turns where my parents would sit downstairs and, like, play cribbage and have wine. And Hayden and I would just, like, practice, like, dancing and rapping. Wow. below this loft and we would take turns someone would go upstairs with a flashlight and pretend to be like spotlights no oh, way that's oh, so cool and we would just be like rapping and yeah just like yeah like hardcore Eminem wow. and Kanye and I remember um, so anyways go forward some years and I think that with poetry like that love immediate love for hip hop growing up and I think my lifelong love for poetry and then learning the tools of like music theory and how to like create mm-hmm. the sound um, I think those things all culminated um, around in high school when I was like, man, I was like, rap is just rhythm and poetry. And I was like, and I love rap. I love poetry. And I love these, I love the opportunity to create rhythm. And so I think that created a lot of the intrigue for me. But with rap and hip hop specifically, and I've been so stoked for this opportunity to like, just put this on blast. If y'all have not heard it yet, 
Y'all should check out Mortimer fucking Heights. Mortimer Heights. <laughs> yeah. The, the Car J joint. <laughs> that, that, honestly, Jordan, that changed everything for me, man. Sincerely. Like, I heard that. I remember Torin showing me that, in the, like, in, when I got into high school. And I was like, and it was just so, there's something so powerful about art and creativity being a tangible um, and just close thing. Where, where it's like, man, people from my hometown are making this. And it's so fucking incredible. What? You know, like, uh, like all my dreams yeah. felt accessible after hearing Mortimer Heights. Like, I will always... There's 808s and, like, 8 Mile. Those are the first ones I ever heard as a kid. But, like, Mortimer Heights, that was, like, hip-hop. Like, for me. Well, like, that was the first taste of hip-hop. So, so yeah, shout-out to you on that. And big gratitude for the impact that's had. So, Wait yeah. Wait until you hear eye candy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just got wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf you live, man. No, no. <laughs> I feel like that pack of ducks. <laughs> but yeah, that, that that started everything for me. And then high school, just making it, and then yeah, in college, it's just been really great to like grow more in that craft. And um, you did know. you find poetry first, or did you find music first, or did they kind of like? I'm doing weird things with my yeah, hands, no, but you know, no. uh, yeah. like did they? You know, did they like happen at the same time? Yeah, I think that. Um, I've always attributed music to memories, and I don't have an official diagnosis on this, but I'm pretty sure I have synesthesia. Like, like I'm. Oh, like, interesting. Because ever since I was a kid, like to this day, I can smell things and I can like hear sounds based off smells. And it, and I, I honestly thought that was normal. And, and I know I think I've talked to Jordan and Tor mm -hmm. both about yeah. this. And so I, I feel like the attachment to like music has always been there, where like my a lot of my memories, as I'm sure with most people, you know, you contribute to a, a music, you know, to music, a song, a piece. So definitely that love for music there, but um, but I think poetry came first, just because I know when I was like I, I don't know like I, I was born prematurely. My mom she couldn't hold me for the first two weeks or something when I was born, so she would come in every day and hold my hand and just read me poetry, and so like th that's that's one reason my mom and I are so mm. close with poetry too. And um, so I think just um, yeah like Robert Frost, Mary Oliver, um, yeah so many incredible poets. Yeah like I, I feel like I've always been. The words of poems that I feel like people say there's like soundtracks to your life or like background music. I feel like poetry lines. There's so many that have been a part of my life. Yeah. And then like, I think when I found out down the line, like, wow, I can memorize a thousand words in a few hours. Like, then that was awesome. Um, and I think it kind of conjoined these things. There's siblings to me that I, yeah, that I get to go back to. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you, you and Hayden used to dance in the cab. What kind of dancing cabin? were you doing? Man, I was, like, trying to do... Man, I used to... Were you trying to break dance? Yeah, I, like, when I was a kid, too, when we would have people over at our house, we had this patio in our backyard, and I would always, I would always grab um, my mom's iPod, this little, like, plug-in stereo, and if they had guests <laughs> in the backyard drinking wine or, like, playing something together, I'd be like, hey, guys, can I show you my break dancing? And I was weed. And I would just slap on 8 Mile, and I would just get on the ground, and I would just, like, spin on my ass for, like, 10 minutes, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I would, like, as a little kid, you know, you, like, you know, you take some real, like, some real welts and bruises, and you walk yeah. it off. But I remember I'd be, like, I'd be like, man, I'm, I'm so cool. And I didn't have the vocabulary, but it was the equivalent of, like, man, I'm the shit. And I'd be, like, I'd be doing my thing. But then I'd, like, wipe out on the patio, or I'd, like, wipe out of the cabin. And it's like the scratch tape moment. You're, you're just like, oh, dang it. You know, and like just Charlie Brown music playing the way out, you know, like, and so, wow. yeah. So yeah, like a lot of like <laughs> trying to break dance and stuff, but Dude. be a lot of us, like you guys can't see this uh, from like hearing this podcast, but it was a lot of this like kind of ice cube kind of walk, just like 
You know, like a lot of like. I like, have. <laughs> many, I'm sure you guys have seen it, but have you seen the PBS lady that's like teaching hip hop? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Him and I just watched oh, that again yes. last night. We will be watching it after this. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Purely because yeah. it's on topic. That's hip hop. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it's a lot of this. Ah, 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 ah. Hey, Tor, what do you know about breakdancing at Junior yeah, High? Yeah, tell us oh more. Oh, yeah. gosh. <laughs> Break wow. it down for us. Actually, no. no. Dude, it's crazy that other people were breakdancing in their youth in Lander. Because... <laughs> 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 you're about to claim some turf. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so good sometimes to know you're not alone yeah. in this world. <laughs> Breakdancing community. In India, so, yeah, Jordan and I also were breakdancing. But Jordan was like, Jordan actually is kind of nice with it, and I never was. <laughs> and um, I can so, do two moves. <laughs> Jordan can pop and lock, though, like no oh. one's business. To this day, Ooh, yeah, so that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm retired now. I, I can't I do that anymore. The fire hall. <laughs> for that, though. Yeah. Did Chuck ever learn how to do it? No. Oh, oh my god. No way. <laughs> I would. He would have been so good. Yeah. Those muscles? Are you kidding me? Yeah. If we could ever yeah. get him to do that, I think I think Just I would. Just his arms alone. I would oh, cry. My gosh. <laughs> if I ever saw Dad attempt to, Dad can like sweep the barn. Yeah. That's like his dance move. Yeah, he does this move called sweeping the barn. And it's like a stomp, and he'll drag his foot across the floor, and he'll just kind of do that. He'll also take his index finger and, like, act like he's playing wind chimes. <laughs> Pretty cool. That's the extent of yeah. Charlie Carr's dancing ability. Yeah. That's a rug, yeah. <laughs> Chops up the floor, sweeps up the remnants. Yeah. 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 That's just... Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No! I'm, 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 I'm Amara's cry laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chuck's got that dog in him. Oh. <clears throat> okay. So um so, what, yeah, Jordan and I used to break so that okay, the breakdancing started where again it was like in the neighborhood as little kids like somehow we got into breakdancing and so my earliest breakdancing memories were of us up in Jordan's room um breakdancing to Weezer oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Island in the Sun specifically oh my, Beverly which is not good breakdancing music, but we still try. On the carpet, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, on the carpet in Jordan's room. But then, like, um, and you have walkies. Oh yeah, oh, America's yeah. Best Dance Crew. The first season of America's Best yeah. Dance Crew was very formative. So when I got into middle school, like the dances would come up, and again, like I couldn't break dance, but like the day of the dance, I'd be like, oh, I've got to learn like a breakdancing move to try and like do at the dance yeah and so like an hour before the dance i'd like look up how to munch mill online which if you don't know is, is, a, an, is an extremely an complicated breakdance <laughs> it is like great like challenge like, accepted yeah not something you could learn in an hour and so i would like um we used to have the, the only computer was in mom and dad's room it was like one of those really old computers and i'd be up in their room trying to like 
do the munch mill so that I could go and pull it out at the on the carpet school 30 time. minutes before that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty That's sure we amazing. covered this on the very first episode of Deerlander. Maybe I so. think so too. Yeah. yeah. So did you ever attempt the munch mill? I never did. At the fire hall. No. I never did. I was like Is that where dances were? <laughs> Some of them. The Thanks. wildest dances were at the fire hall. Yeah, yeah. There was a few there's a few that happened at Starrett. Most of them at the fire hall, I would say though. And there was always like three or four kids. The breakdance circle would have it was always yeah by Usher. Yeah. Always. Yeah. <laughs> or like in the club by fifty cent. Right. Shout out to fifty cent if he's yeah. listening. And then a, a breakdance circle would form. <laughs> Fitty calls you up. <laughs> so my greatest Chuck Carr moments. Or with that line. <laughs> so what, uh, okay, can we explain that really quick? What is, what is that? Tor? Tamara? Hey, I didn't start it. <laughs> um, we, we have a, we, I just <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> we have a father that we really like to poke fun at. Lovingly. And with. And with. And with. For sure. And just like the mental, uh, just like... The idea of him ever rapping is so hilarious to us that we would joke around with him and kind of say, well, we, we would kind of bargain with him and, and we would say, <laughs> okay, dad, picture this, like 50 Cent calls you up and he says, Chuck, I've heard your stuff and I really like what I hear. I'm willing to pay you $50 million for a hook on this track. Would you do it? And dad would go, get the hell out of here. He'd go, no. He'd go, no. You wouldn't do it for 50 for million? For 50 million. How about 100? Fiddy calls you up. He says, Chuck, I like what I hear. 100 million for a hook. He'd go, 50's not calling me up. And then I started working with Chuck Carr. And so they told me that I should run up to him every once in a while and do it. And I would, and he'd get so annoyed with me. There was, Amara? Amara, what are you doing? Um, there was actually my best time was when we were still down in Rustler Central. And he had, like, come in and, like, he's talking to me about stuff. And we were, like, laughing. And then he leaves. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't ask him what he would do if 50 Cent called him up. <laughs> and I was, like, wearing flip-flops or something crazy at the time that I couldn't run in. And so I took off my shoes, and I started sprinting after your dad. So I, like, sprinted down the hallway. I sprinted outside, and he was going into another building. And I was like, Chuck! Chuck! And he stopped, and he's like, oh, what's going on? And I was like, Chuck, <clears throat> I I forgot that I had to ask you something. He's like, and he thought it was he was very concerned because I was like tomorrow? running, and I was like, Fifty Cent calls you up, and he was like, <sighs> <laughs> and he was just like, no, and just like, <laughs> away. I'm like love each other, bye. Amora, stop screwing with me. <laughs> Get the hell out of here, Amora. What are you doing, Amora? Wow. Good times with Chuck Card. Okay, so we touched on junior high a little bit. Mm. You know I gotta bring this up. What are some other formative junior high things that happened? Because this is like one of my favorite conversations to get in with people. Um, specifically people that like went to stare it or just because it was, I don't know how, because you never went to stare it, right Wolf? No, yeah, I just went to LMS, yeah. So was it like coming to stare it from LCA was like, it was like a jumble. It yeah. was like 
madness. There was crazy <laughs> stuff happening. Yeah. At at all times at Stoke. Yeah. And I was like wide eyed, like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. This didn't happen at Christian. All the time. School. This did not happen at LCA. Whoa. This is not Christian hip hop. Did it the yeah. <laughs> This is not Toby Mac. <laughs> was it toned down? Man, at Lander Middle School, or was it also? Did did y'all have? Do you have experiences uh, like that too? Man, that's a really good question. I think it was definitely toned down a bit from yeah, just like what I've heard of Starrett, um, and the times when I like would like visit Starrett as a young guest, and I'd be like, whoa, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like this is the jungle, you know, like Wild um, West, man. Yeah, Wild West. Yeah, like Lander Middle School was really good. It was. I don't know. A lot of people would say I looked like Justin Bieber and Velma Dinkley had like like a love child. Oh, Velma, yo, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. for real. And yeah, <laughs> it was, like it was, yeah, it was, it was tough. And, and I thought, like, I, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Jinkies for real. Jinkies for real, man. I'm gonna start yeah. saying that instead of yikes. Yeah. I just feel like that Jinkies really encompasses. Jinkies for real. Jinkies for real. Yeah. So yeah. many things for me, and they continue. Yeah. I was always meddling. Um, and like, um, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> and, and and yeah, no, like middle school was pretty fun. It was. Uh, it was a lot like I was always terrorizing our librarian, Mr. Steddle. Um, like mm. I would, because he would always leave his office unlocked. And shout, like, out Dude, yeah, yeah, a, shout out Russ. <laughs> he was a serious man. And yeah, I remember like I would go in his office all the time during student council meetings and just in between lunch. And he'd always leave his office unlocked. And I would pull some like heinous pranks on him. Like, no. well, I thought they were heinous. Like, Did you? <laughs> you know, like I like he he always drank out of mason jars. This one time, I like glued down and like taped down multiple mason mason jars. <laughs> And it was so funny because he'd go up to one and he'd be, and he'd, and, and he'd be, I'll see if I can mimic this for y'all so you can enjoy this. Um, like, let's, this is a mason jar and it would be like, you know, glued to a tabletop and he'd be like, be like, oh, hey, wolf. Or, you know, he'd be like, wow, you know, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> but he'd come in and he would like grab this jar and he'd be like, 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 huh. He's like, it's pretty stuck. And then, you know, I'm like, and then he's like, you know, and he'd like get it off. And then, and, and then he'd be like, man. And he was, and he was like, okay guys. And then like, he would keep doing it. And you could see just the rage just like built up and, and there'd be a, like, and then one time, this is when I stopped because he like grabbed one one time and he like grabbed it so hard and he pulled it like shattered the jar and like glass sprayed all over this library office. And I just like, and, and, I, and, I, and I was like, Mr. Studlon, and he was, and he was just like, Wolf, get out of here. You know, and like, and, and a bunch of just like goofy stuff too. Like I would, I would go to every phone in there. And then I don't, I've never told anyone this story before. I would go to the front office phone too sometimes and I would tape down the buttons so, oh my so, god! So and I would like do that to Stuttle, and then when I realized it worked well with Stuttle, I would like do it sometimes like to the office. And I've always been a pretty like just good sport, so no one would ever suspect it. But I would just like walk into these teachers' offices, and if no one was there, just like grab a piece of tape and just like tape it down. And then you know they, and it was so funny because then there I'd sit in there during meetings, and if there was a call or something, they'd be like, they'd be like, huh. Yeah, you know, and they'd, they'd be like, man, I'm, I'm picking it up, you know, but no one's answering, you know, I'm like, and I'll just sit there and I'd be like, <laughs> you know, just like, you know, just, yeah, you know, just like, Chaos little, agents. little do they know. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing that you would like sit there dirt at the crime scene too. Yeah. Yeah, it was, 
Yeah, it was my so <laughs> inconspicuous. My my presence yeah. <laughs> amidst chaos was my calling card. And like, and man, I had a Yellowstone trip that was like the wor- like the craziest field trip. Mm. And Miss, because did you guys do the trip with Mrs. Hammer? Or, I did. Or or just in middle. Mm. Like, I, I went on this field trip, and there's some details I'll cut out, um, because I think... I, I we don't want to incriminate ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a cold Save case. Save it for yeah. Deer Lander after dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the, the, deep, the dark web episode. <laughs> the dark web episode. I love this journey. We well, just recorded one with Quinn, and there's definitely some, yeah, we dark have web. some, some things web. that are not. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and I remember, like, we were at this... Is all right if I tell the story real fast? Like, please do. Yes. I went. Yeah, we were on this Yellowstone trip, and what happened was we w- it was split between a few nights, and um, and there's like four of us, you know, per room, and so we would like split it up, and you know, like who's sleeping on the floor, who's not. And the first night we're in Mammoth Springs, we're in the cabins, and I volunteered to take the floor first. In the middle of the night, I hear this uh, this like rapper crinkling, like this, and I'm and and I hear it again, and then I just hear this like. Oh. And I like look over, and there's this this guy. I won't say his name. He's like there, just in bed, and he's like making love to like these Twinkies he packed on the trip. Just like in through the moonlight of the window, I'm just watching this scene unfold. This man just having some like romantic getaway with these Twinkies. Like I shit you not. And and I remember like sitting there, and I just like looked, but I was like, <laughs> you know, not something you want to like one observe, you know, two, and it's also like nothing you want to like lose sleep over. Um, and so I remember like turning and just like forcing myself to go to sleep to just like, and I was just, and I was like, oh my God. And, and, and then he was like, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a Twinkie. Yeah. Wow. Man. Wow. It's really stuck. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and, but the next night, the next night when the old faithful in. And I accidentally got my revenge on this horrible night of sleep I had. And I was upset because I just had not slept well as a result of, you know, overhearing, you know, that that pretty foul for sure. And like, and I remember the next night we're in the Old Faithful Inn. And I, you know, like I mentioned, grew up a lot. You know, I grew up a lot around Yellowstone and stuff. So I knew all these ghost stories. And they're telling this ghost story about this headless uh, woman who like flies up into the crow's nest in the Old Faithful Inn. And I'm starting to get spooked. I used to be like like pretty hardcore like catholic at the time and so like it was like uh, it was yeah there was a lot of like supernatural religious implications to this story i was like man i'm anyways like this night i have the bed and i'm so ready because i just had that horrible experience on the floor (laughs) and like the night prior (laughs) and so then i go to the room and i'm like starting to doze off and you you guys know when you have sleep paralysis and you see something in the corner of your eyes Mm -hmm. you think it's something else i'm looking in the corner of the room there's this white shower cap a few inches above this white uh bathrobe hanging on the door and i'm starting to think it's the ghost i'm getting i'm getting spooked you know jinkies once again for real and you know and (laughs) and so what i do is like at the time i like i grab the bible out and i'm like you know what it won't harm me if i'm like reading some you know holy literature and i'm like (laughs) like looking through this i fall asleep cradling this bible the middle of the night i'm like looking in towards the nightstand and i feel you know this weight on the bed beside me and i'm like oh my god and all of a sudden, I feel the sweaty hand just poof, right on my face, and I'm and I'm like you know and and, and I'm like, and it spooks me. I'm, I'm like oh, and I'm like get up, and I and I think it's the ghost. I think it's honestly a ghost. I'm so spooked and tired, and I see the silhouette cross the room. But I've had I've had enough. This ghost is like <laughs> taking too much of my time. So I grab this Bible and I say. As, as loud as I can, this is the corniest, most Nicolas Cage thing I've ever done in my entire life. I'm, I'm like, die, ghost. 
Boom! And I chuck this Bible full speed at this silhouette and it clocks the silhouette and it's like, oh, and it collapses. And, I, and I'm feeling like really good. I'm like, wow, I like. And so then I go back to sleep. I'm at peace and I wake up early. I've always been an early bird. I get up and it's this guy, the same guy with the Twinkies. He had been getting up in the middle of the night and he didn't want to sleep on the floor. He had been sleeping on the other side of the bed. When you say guy, okay, I, I have to clarify. I'm <laughs> yeah. so sorry. Yeah, no when worries. you say guy, do you mean another st- Another student. Yeah. Another Is that student. right? Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. And he was just, and I guess after that, because he was already on the floor, he decided just to stay there and sleep there. Um, that sounds really mean, but you know, like, but yeah, but he, I felt so bad. He had like a bloody nose and you could see it like put tissues in and like, and there's a Bible like <laughs> a few inches away, like a jar. And it would have been funny if it was like open on like some crazy quote. It's like, y'all shall not exact wrath. Pick up the Bible. I put it away quietly. I'm like, no one can know. No one can know. I just... Like, out of, out of pure fear, I jinkies for real to this Bible at this guy, you know? Like, and, so, and, and so the rest of the trip was great. To this day, the most unideal field trip I've ever been on. So, uh, very, very long-winded story, but yeah, that was my middle school. Okay, <laughs> I, I would like to know Tourist some of yours. <clears throat> middle school stories. <laughs> and this is the generational, this is what I, this is what yeah. I, the most heinous behavior. It was unfortunate. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know, dude, where to begin? Um, Miss <laughs> Black, I mean, just the wildest stuff. She would do, like, cooking demonstrations, and we'd all be watching. Uh, she had this, like, mirror that, you know, was, like, above her, so you could, like, see kind of what she was doing at the countertop and stuff. And kids would, like, just be jumping from table to table <laughs> in her class. Um, she had, like, a separate room where you would cook, and then, like, the classroom part, and, um, this friend of mine who was uh, sort of a fiery middle school kid, Ethan, would just go into the cooking room and get handfuls of sugar out of the jar and oh. eat handfuls <laughs> of sugar. Yeah, again, just so, so chaos. Um, so, and then Miss Black would also, like every semester of cooking and etiquette, would take you to a restaurant, practice like your etiquette skills. Like you'd have to like use the fork and knife properly and, and put your napkin on your... On your knees. This yeah. woman sounds like she is made of steel. I'm she sure is. she is. The thought of having to take a oh. bunch of fucking middle schoolers <laughs> to a restaurant. <laughs> like, no thank you for one. And two, like the fact that she just did it all the time. Yeah. Like Every twice semester. a year. Yeah. She'd be like, yeah. Well, it's time to take them to the restaurant. Like I it was come just come on. It's exactly how made of steel. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, the, the trips were exactly how you imagine. It was like <laughs> such Horrifying. a mess. Kids were like, I mean, just and and, the, and you how know, many she's did like, she have like twenty five. I don't. I feel like like maybe twenty students in her oh. class. Jinkies yeah. for real. Jinkies Jinkies for that real. is a yikes yeah. situation for they me. Would, and I would. loved substituting in middle school, but like <laughs> if they would have been like, by the way, you have to like go on this trip. Take I'd be like. No thanks. Yeah, you need like an absolutely <laughs> sterile, um, padded environment for that many middle schoolers. You can't just have them out in the world. You can't. <laughs> no. At least um, not for etiquette. No. <laughs> right? Like. No. It's one thing when you're like doing sports. Yeah. And you know, yeah. you all go and you're all, you know, there's like no right. expectation of you. But no. then to like take 20 middle schoolers to a restaurant. To do etiquette, it's like, no thanks. Yeah. Nope. That sounds 
like hell. It it was hell for this class. Tell it was me very about fun what you for did. All middle schoolers. Well, <laughs> I just how remember, are you in this etiquette situation? Well, like of course the the kids who took cooking and etiquette not only like were they middle schoolers, but they were also sort of the the rabble rousers of of the. We go to the the Big Noi, which was this. Um, it was a Thai restaurant, maybe. Yeah, it was actually down um, by Safeway when we went. Oh, right. Up and about the restaurant and ordering all kinds of things. Because mm. it was like middle school's foot in the bill. So they just order a bunch of stuff. Just like... <laughs> what a lady. I know. And it was like, the thing is, something psychological happened. And it's a generational phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> in In cooking class, where it was... I mean, the first fight I ever saw was in that class, and it was these two kids, and they were they were just talking shit to each other. And Miss Black walked out, and they both stood up. It was right behind me. They both stood up and exchanged like four punches, pull, pull. and then they both sat down. And Miss Black walked in, and nobody said nothing. <laughs> oh. and that was the they were sitting right next to each other. Did you tell a story about the hot pocket? Uh, this, I don't think this happened in my class, but my friend Noah, he said that, like, yeah, apparently one time someone decided to see how many Hot Pockets they could fit in the microwave. <laughs> so, and I do recall, though, people, people would do such destructive things as, like, put a bunch of stuff in the microwave and turn it on for, like, hours. That's crazy. Um, the other thing I remember about middle school, particularly stare at, because... Um, I did one year at Stare at one year at Lander Middle School. So mm. it's like, you know. You had feet in both doors. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, probably the things most salient about my, about the Stare experience, uh, in addition to the dances, was like the PE locker room, which is like the most frightening place as uh, a junior high boy because mm -hmm. all of the junior high boys are, of course, like at different stages mm. of puberty. Like yeah. Some, yeah. some kids are like four feet tall. <laughs> yeah, they're like... But it's true, Yeah, though. and then other kids have like full beards and look like yeah. they mm -hmm. work jobs and support families. Um, <laughs> so it was like the ultimate... <laughs> it's like the ultimate... Dang, what a fit. We also had individuals like that in our class um, that... This, if I were to like draw a Venn diagram, right? Seventh, <laughs> the very end of seventh grade and then into eighth grade as well start of the great hornet war yeah. as i like to call um yeah and other kids in my class and like the class below us know know what the hell is up <laughs> so it was an arms race essentially <laughs> where we were looking for rubber bands and also making hornets to be able to shoot them across the classroom at each other um okay what are hornets hornets are like uh, so if you take a rubber band and like like a piece of paper essentially yeah. and you can like shoot across um, like you fold up a piece of paper a bunch until it is like a like a little V-shaped okay. thing, and then you yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Okay, way more advanced than us. We just put uh, paper in, got it wet, and then on a straw, yeah, and shoot it. That yeah. was about as like intense as we got. Anyway, continue. Yeah. And most of the you know most of the rubber bands, like if you had a good if you had good weaponry at during the Great Hornet War, you know your your rubber band was uh, three and a half inches diameter. That was a good. Yeah. You could you could protect yourself, but the thing is about about weaponry. Some of it went nuclear when <laughs> kids realized that that there was industrial sized rubber bands holding the trash can, like in Miss Black's class. You know, yeah. so kids would pull the industrial sized rubber bands oh, off the trash can and. 
some kids would like would have the most like insane hornets that they would build <laughs> and to the point where like you could you would have to like duck and cover if you had your lunch tray and you were walking into the lunchroom because you could hear <laughs> like hornets going through the air and we had a science teacher it's the very start of the great hornet war and there was this kid and he he had an industrial sized rubber band his voice was so low he was yeah talk like this and um <laughs> we were watching a film because i think um, no we didn't have sub we were watching a film about global warming and I was sitting at a table and he was sitting behind us and a kid in front of us was sleeping. And <laughs> me and this kid standing next, sitting next to each other are friends and we're both drawing during the, during the video. And all of a sudden we both hear, duck. And we turn around and it's this kid and he has, he has like, he is pulled back with this industrial sized rubber band and he's got this big hornet. And so we like lean way away and this kid in front of us is sleeping (laughs) and he lets that thing rock and it, he gets this kid in the back of the head and he wakes up out of sleep and goes, (laughs) and the teacher goes, what are you doing? Come on. What are you like? Be quiet, you know? And we were kind of giggling and then he goes, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) And that that was, uh, yeah, man. the Great Hornet War. We were... Did y'all ever have Marchant? No. No? We had Dean Cyphers. I think yeah. Marchant moved to... Shout out to Mr. Marchant. He was amazing. And we had him for tech. And this was the height of the Great Hornet War. I specifically remember this. <laughs> because Marchant would leave the classroom. Class all boys. Like 25, 24 of us. And like he would leave the class and it, we would turn around and it would be on. We were like shooting hornets, hornets at each other. He'd walk in and there were like 65 hornets on the floor <laughs> within a matter of, of three or four minutes. To, and I think at that point, like they had a staff meeting and, you know, an assembly <laughs> like, and they were like, listen, y'all got to like cool it. Or yeah, if yeah. we see that, we're, it's over. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> the great hornet war of what? 2000? 2007, 2008. Yeah. Great Hornet War. Yeah. Duck. Man. Duck. Duck. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> You've only yeah. built a taste of my power. <laughs> man. Stare it, dude. Whoa. <laughs> I'm like an eye. I, man. That sounds Those like. Those are all really good middle school stories. What about. Yeah, what about you, Omar? Do you have any oh, crazy. You know, I'm <laughs> sure that I do, but what they are. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'll think about that and I'll get back to you. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, it was a different time. Yeah. Were y'all in junior high? Were y'all going to Mr. D's and getting energy drinks? Was yeah. that at the oh height? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. D's was the spot. What was your energy drinks of choice? Um, I usually wouldn't get, I would get energy drinks at the Maverick. But that's a whole separate mm. set of stories <laughs> that also involve my middle school friend, Ethan. But, um, Dude, we would go there. I would go there with like my my swimmer friends, like Nate and Griffin and and Caleb and uh, Ryan and stuff. And um, you'd have like five dollars, and you go to Mr. D's and you just like cash out, mm-hmm. get like those little Kool Aid things, the plastic Kool Aid things, where you'd like, mm-hmm. you know, like rip the top off, and then mini tacos and yeah, mini that's right, donuts and stuff. D's was mm-hmm. D's was a spot. Mm-hmm. He's just loaded. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, I would be like, um, I would always go there and I'd get all Arnold Palmer's and man, I'll never forget the summer when Baja Blast dropped. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't, man, I don't. I personally don't like soda a ton, but 
like I man, I'll, I'll always pull up for some Baja Blast. I, I remember like discovering that as a kid, and I was like, I was like, this is a drink, you know, and like <laughs> my mouth is on fire, you know, like um, I've never known this before, you know, and yeah, I'm like, and so yeah, I just remember like the spring of I think eighth grade year, I think is when Baja Blast came out. I remember going to D's, yeah, with a few friends, and I remember seeing that. That gorgeous Caribbean aquamarine glow um, from the bottle, and, and I remember just reaching, and nothing was ever really the same since. I, yeah, that was. Now, was Baja Caribbean Blast glow. a Mountain Dew? Yeah, yeah, it's a Mountain Dew, okay. and it was like a, a Taco Bell. It used to be just Taco Bell, but now it's common folk get to enjoy it um, whenever oh, we. So yeah. good. Well, because mm-hmm. ours, my like big Mountain Dew thing was like. Code Red came out yeah. when I was in middle school. Yeah, Code Red. And then out. shortly after that was Livewire. Oh yeah. And Livewire was the okay. shit. Man, you guys have the coolest yeah. names yeah. for dudes. We yeah. did. Code Red reminds me of the Grand Theater. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, wow. Because I remember when yeah. they got Code Red, and oh it was a game changer. Mm, Dude, it was like yeah. every. Everybody's having Code Red. <laughs> you get like Code yeah. Red and the cheesy popcorn. That oh, was like, oh my god! This is like dude. secret menu. They pull out the tub from underneath the counter. This is animal the style. Cheesy- That's yeah. right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, be there. Yeah, yeah dude. Wow. Yeah, do the do, man. Do the do. Livewire was my favorite, and they don't make it anymore. But oh wow, that's some gamer shit. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah were you yeah. gaming playing live? No! <laughs> I've never been much of a gamer. If you ever <laughs> if you ever watch me play games, I'm definitely a button masher. Nice. And it always works in my favor, yeah. to be honest. But like Joe played Grand Theft Auto Five for like seven years. Like we <laughs> like we played it for so long. Yeah. And he would be like, Do you want to play it? And be like, sure, and I would do the dumbest shit. Like I never did anything. <laughs> But, like, my favorite thing to do... You're stopping at red lights and everything. <laughs> yeah, never did that. Just, like, just going to work. Just going to work. Totally fine. Walk out. Go home. <laughs> no, my favorite thing to do is I would find a mountain biker, and I would shoot them and steal uh-huh. their bike. And then I would take it to the highest mountain peak, Yes. ride up, and then see how long I could make it riding down before wow. I die. See how far you can jump before you Yeah, and I did out. really, really well. Dang. That's how I play games. Sweet. I am not much of a follow the. I don't yeah. follow any rules. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto struck fear into the hearts of our parents. <laughs> okay, I also yeah. played the original. Oh yeah. On oh, wow. PC. Dang. Wow. It was a trip. I used to. Um, there were a few video games that our parents were like, "No way, you will not." And that was Same. one. So Grand Theft Auto was like the main one. That Call of Duty, they also really were not mm. crazy about. But I, mm. my friends all had Call of Duty, and I was like so into it and so i would like in middle school i'd like borrow call of duty from them <laughs> and i'd be like playing in my room and if i heard mom come down the hallway i'd turn the tv off and act like i was asleep <laughs> <I would> like, <laughs> like an underground call of duty habit towards napping like a lot yeah towards napping a lot every time i go in there I like that it was like, I'm just going to go straight to napping. Because really, that's the quickest thing you yeah. can do is yeah. pretend to sleep instead of like, I'm going to read or something, right? Because yeah. like, then you have to open the book and you have to like, there's some, but just sleeping. You can just... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That makes sense. It's like on the Xbox 360, which uh, sounded like a jet engine whenever it was on because it was trying to cool itself <laughs> off with the yeah. fan, you know? <laughs> so Couldn't regulate, yeah. Yeah. I started playing video games once again, not well, but on the original Nintendo, like Duck Hunt. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had one of those. Grandpa sold it at a yard sale for like oh. a dollar. Yeah. That's, yeah, it is awful. Yeah. That That is, it is still awful for me to think about it just because we did that over there so much. Yeah. And then across the street, they had a 64, which was my introduction to Smash Bros. And I was, 007 <laughs> and I was the yeah. kid that was like, I would, yeah, man, I was standing up in front of the TV and my friends were like, dude, sit down, <laughs> sit down when we're playing Smash Bros. You just like glue your butt to the table yeah. like it's a yeah. ru- rust dottle mason jar. <laughs> and I'm just standing in front of the TV. So I was super pepped up because I had to go back to grandma's house. Mom set a limit and I was pepped up and I came there and Tori was a little guy and I was like, do you want to play Smash Bros? Like, like physically, like in not, real life. not like in RL, <laughs> yeah, in real life. And Tori's like, yeah, sure. And so <laughs> I were like wrestling, and I'm like Donkey Kong or something. <laughs> and I flip Tor around, and he cuts his forehead on the coffee table. And I look up, and blood is like gushing out of his forehead. <laughs> and it freaked me out so bad. I was. I think that's my earliest memory. I still have the scar. I used to go, I used to always go hard for the Wii. Like, I remember being in kindergarten and my parents yeah. getting a Wii. And I remember having, like, taking an obnoxious amount of time to make my me. Like, it, I was probably, like, on the me setting for, like, 30, 40 minutes. Just like, just like, I want to be, no, I don't. Man, I want to be an old man. No, you know, like, just, like, so many options. And, like, just Mario Kart. Um, my, yeah, Hayden Finn and I, we would go to the track. And that would be our rules. My parents would be like, okay, you run, like, 2100 meters and then we'll you guys have wee time you know and so like yeah you would always like it was, wow. it was always like, a, like wee time was like economic almost like it was yeah it's like a form of currency um scarce mm, good yeah scarce good there are Did not you... often times yeah that i feel old on this podcast but that specifically <laughs> <laughs> i was like did you just say kindergarten and wee yeah like, I was like a freshman in college with a week. Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, continue. Did you do Wii Sports? I did. Man, I loved yeah. Wii. Man, and Wii Sports uh, Resort. Man, oh the man, the sword one. Man, I remember. <laughs> gosh, I would tear it up on that. I would like, and I would like, like I remember going to YouTube and I would look like. How to use a katana, and then I would apply those same <laughs> physics to like, to like, man, when I bonk these, uh, like, when I massacre <laughs> all these me's with a plastic saber, I'm gonna have the same, like, you know, like, I would like learn all these like tricks. I'd be like, if I block it and turn, it'll build up more inertia, you know, and then I would like apply it to nerf swords, and like, Hayden and I would like just obliterate each other in the backyard with the nerf swords with like the same mentality. It's just like, like, no one understands. I was like training on Wii Sports Resort. Like I was yeah. like, I was like, if someone shows up with a sword, how am I? <laughs> I'm gonna have to defend. Yeah, how will I be equipped? You know, like yeah. Dude, I think if the Martians ever came down and had the death beam pointed at Earth and said, <laughs> "You must beat us in a game, and you can choose the game, and if you don't beat us, like Earth is no more." I would choose. I would. I would play them in Wii tennis. Say, yes, I was just gonna is, say yeah, that Wii tennis, tennis was my yeah. jam. Like that is the single skill that I have uh, the most confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Oh, I would do Mario Kart okay. Rainbow Road. I like. I, I'm one of. Yeah. The, like I, I always thrived on that course, man. I would, oh. Yeah, Wii tennis. No video. Wii tennis. Video games. Or any more questions? Kind of like. As I drove back to Lander from Missoula in the last few days, we asked a couple questions two years ago in our first season. Mm. 
what would both of you, we would love to have you back. This was like such a dopamine dump and such a nostalgic episode. Yeah, this is awesome. And I'm so glad that this yeah. is the one that we, that I, I feel like the first episode foreshadows, mm-hmm. um, just the completion of a lot of those stories. So we want to have you back on to talk about specific, not that these things weren't specifically Lander, <laughs> but that they like were, yeah. but like, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just like different form. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So my question is for both of you, if you were to tell Lander one thing, one piece of advice, or maybe even not, if you were to just say one thing to the community of Lander, mm. what would you say? Probably, I was just listening to the episode with Paul on the way over, actually, and he was talking about like letting people move here, and you don't get to like decide who gets to move here, which is super true. So uh-huh. I think mine would be uh, like, don't be afraid of change for sure. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid of change. You don't get to feel some type of way about like uh, who gets to be here or who gets to move here because Lander was never ours anyways is the indigenous folks place so it's like that's a very hypocritical viewpoint for for any other folk who live here and uh lander will continue to and should continue to change so definitely uh don't be afraid of that yeah i think that's a great message to lander man with that question i think of one of my favorite poets is ocean vuong um he has this incredible quote that says um the body is the ultimate witness of love and I think about that a lot about Lander, and I've been thinking about that a lot recently with, I think, political turmoil, some social turmoil, environmental turmoil. Um, as you said, I think, like, being open to changing in some positive ways. And I think that our home, like our bodies, is a place where we foster so much love and so much so much of a demand for um, further understanding. And I think that's how I feel about Lander. I feel like it's this body that it's like, you know what, we got to understand it's got to keep growing. Like you said, Tor, it's got to keep changing. Um, we gotta keep loving it. We gotta keep being present with it. Even when it's a fight, even when it's growing out of those shoes, even when it's having those jinky for real bowl cut moments, you know, like <laughs> when it's having some you know, like even worse moments. Like how how are we going to create this community to be not just a witness of love and growth, but of home, you know, for mm. for all the people here. And so I think just to Lander, you know, like dear Lander, just love yourself and allow yourself to be a witness of the great things you are. And more importantly, I think the extraordinary things you could be, you know. Good advice. Mm-hmm. Really good advice. What's your favorite Lander smell? I was also thinking about this on the way over here, yes. and I blanked on every. So I was like, I don't know if I've ever smelled anything. <laughs> 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 I can't think of any smells. Oh. Um, but <laughs> no smells. But I did think I, <clears throat> there's probably two, and I, they they both have to, like I think. Um, they're both like so the, i think there's two epicenters of lander and one is like the organic grill deck and the other is city park mm-hmm. so those are like it's probably related to both of those things like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure somebody has said before like the the smell on the organic grill deck in the summer you did amazing. didn't you yeah probably yeah. You. yeah amazing and i'd say so. the other one is just like the various uh smells at city park in the summer like the barbecue like the grass, the soot on the yeah. baseball field, <laughs> um, the bleachers. The yeah, there's like, <laughs> right. I don't know how to explain it. City Park has its own smell, which sounds really weird, yeah, yeah. but it does. So that's awesome. The park's office, like, yes, dude, yes, that, yeah. yes, yes, yep. for real. So true. Yeah, that building. Yep. Yeah, Art for sure. Smells. No, I, man, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the, those bathrooms in City Park have, like, a distinct smell. Um, 
I think my favorite. That sounds terrible. <laughs> that's all, that's in a relation to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does. Yeah. But man, I think my some of my favorite smells are um, at my grandparents' house with around all those ducks. A lot of time, just like in like near ponds, and so like there's just like a like a particular smell of like aspen grove and like pond water that I always smell there that just like feels like home. But mm. um, this fact I learned recently is that humans. We smell petrichor. I forget by to what quantity, but we smell petrichor um, more significantly than sharks can smell blood in the water. Um, well, like that is Whoa. a rare human thing, our ability to smell rain and like petrichor, hmm. which is that rain smell. And so, and and I think that's maybe one of my favorite smells is like, yeah, it's just like yeah, sa- yeah like rain on sagebrush, you know, like outside of land or like like out by like Johnny behind the rocks, like when you're up on top of sinks and stuff, like. Yeah, it's just incredible. Like, and and I don't know. Like, I I think that was one of the times when I was a kid, and I remember smelling it and hearing a sound for one of the first times at our cabin, and being like, "Huh, I wonder if everyone else can hear this." And and you know, and, and to this day, it's like one of my favorite sounds, one of my favorite smells. It always, whenever I smell petrichor anywhere, I'm like, it takes me back to Land Diego. Yeah. Wow. Right. Okay, Bellas, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you guys. <laughs> thank you. I'm sure we will be crossing paths on this here recorder. Would be an honor for everything is done again. Ha ha ha. Is that a world tour or your girls' tour? That's what I'm gonna leave us with. Shoddy so fancy. Bloody eye candy. candy. (laughs) This is Jordan. This is Amara. This is Deerlander. We'll talk to you soon? Yeah, we will. Ha ha ha. Is that a world tour or your girls' tour? That's what I'm gonna leave us with. Shoddy so fancy. Bloody eye candy. (laughs) This is Jordan. This is Amara. This is Deerlander. We'll talk to you soon? Yeah, we will. (laughs) 